One, two, three. Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and today it's a little uh, yes We've yes warmed up our vocal cords yes oh, what, what is what is hot weather supposed to do to one's vocal cords are they supposed to tighten them to loosen them to moisten them i'm not sure maybe dry them out mm. how do you go in the hot weather i can't imagine with a man with boobs it'd be your most favored hate it hate yeah. it hate it on every look this is the thing i i always believe you can always get Warmer. You can't get cooler. You can't take your skin off. You can't just lop a tit mm. off and just go, oh, just, yeah. but it's the sweat underneath everything. Yeah. The, the heaviness, if your hair's too long. This is the thing, too. You've got beautiful Sheila's with long hair. You must oh. just be cooking. Especially when you've got hair like mine, which does like a frizz. Mm. It does enjoy frizz. So humidity is a bit horrible. I went away on the weekend with uh, 2.0's friends mm. to a wedding, uh, and it was in sort of regional Victoria. Not near beach. Right, yes. And this is the trap for young players about regional Victoria. Hot. 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 I don't know what it is that we think about Victoria being in the southern part of the country, that somehow there'd be a fresh breeze that goes all the way to Albury. No, it was. we weren't too far from Albury. And uh, basically, we went down there for a wedding. It was a really cool, chill, relaxed wedding. Uh, and then most of the people that were staying at the wedding were camping at a nearby campground, and they had all the kids and everything, and they had like a big drink-a-thon the next day. But a couple of hours in the dry heat... Dehydration isn't my idea of fun. Yeah, it's, you know? yeah, the fun gets knocked out of it pretty quickly. But also, this is my thing. I love a nap at the best of times. So once mm-hmm. you start to throw in the hot, oof, like this, just yeah, two o'clock in the arvo. I'm done, guys. Mm. Just gonna uh, just gonna sit in front of the fan. But the problem with the camp is, see, there's too many extremes of weather. So you go to bed, it's freezing. You put every item of clothing on in your tent. You curl up to your, your loved one beside you, and then sort of seven thirty-five rolls round, and you are like Hansel and Gretel in the oven. You know, <laughs> you are just cooking up a storm. But I did meet a few of 2.0's friends. How'd you go? Well, I went quite well. The verdict at the end of it from one of his very funny and delightful mates was, mate, she presents well. Presents well? Presents well. Presents well. I, I mean, it was intended to be a compliment. Essentially yes. what 2.0 said is what he meant is you turned up and looked lovely at the wedding and you seemed like a very nice girl when you chat. So I've, I've never actually heard the words present well come out of the mouth of a bloke who was sort of also wearing a wig and, you know, dancing on the dance floor in a shower of beer at the end of the night. Usually he's like, oh, yeah, she's a bit of all right, love. Because it's, it's, it's a comment that has no sexual dimension to it whatsoever. Which which was a smart play, I thought, on his part. Well, correct. But... Well, the interesting thing is, on the one hand, he did say, oh, she presents well, but at the same time, they asked what I was like in the sack. <laughs> and did he say that you presented well? <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach.
Speaking of weddings and interstate weddings, I had my own uh, where I was in Adelaide or actually Victor Harbour. Beautiful wedding turn up, you know, the uh, you know, little Catholic church, lovely. Uh, slightly surprised that the Catholic priest decided to uh, do just a little bit of a shout out for gay marriage, which I thought, okay, cool. And then my favourite bit of the actual physical wedding was, I always thought with a Catholic wedding mm. that basically there was, it was stock standard, you can't move much around. You can take stuff out of it, like you can take out some, you know, sacraments and other words Things. that yep. make Catholic. <laughs> Sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but my mates actually inserted something in. So that in the middle of the readings, somebody gets up and says, I love that woman like a shark loves blood, Frank Underwood. Well, what, we're doing readings from House of Cards now? It, it got lobbed into the wedding. Clearly this priest's on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> like clearly he's decided, man, you know, I'm probably not going to be an archbishop. I'm probably not going to be pope one day, so bugger it. I'm going to start doing it I my way. I just need to find ways to be slightly relevant. I find when I went to a wedding of a cousin a little while ago and the I, – I, I'm unsure of the terminology. I always feel a bit dumb here, but it's a priest, minister – I don't know who's what and what does what. Oh, about, about the different fates. So is it is it where's it, who's a minister? Okay, a minister is somebody say in the Anglican Church. A priest is somebody in the Catholic Church. Okay, and and, and the priest can also be called father. Right. And he's saying, see, I'm reading up this book on Christianity. I was going to say, what are you asking me about the history of this? You're reading the history of Christianity. I know, but all I can get at this stage is Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Muslims. Uh But I can't work out where all of this Anglican, Lutheran, like, is that all versions of Protestant church? Yes, sort of. Yes, yes, yes. Why? I've never... There's sort of Catholic, non-Catholic, and the splintering of non-Catholic into lots of different worlds. And I'm not entirely sure what prompts these little splinters and what differentiates the little splinters. This is what I can't understand. And also when you have a little splinter, you're so protective of your little splinter. And I feel like saying to these people sitting on their little splinters, you made this shit up. You know, like you took what was already existing and gave it your interpretation and now all of a sudden anybody else is wrong. But you essentially just picked the bits out of this that you liked and turned it around. How did this get into a discussion well, on religion? I'm loving this. <laughs> but, but also it's that thing where there's so many things where, you know, about women can't be priests and all of that. That's not in the Bible. It's nowhere no. there. This is all sort of stuff that this man-made machines put on top of itself. Like everybody can just do their own version of it you know yeah. it's like we're well that's because faith is personal rachel right and it's about your relationship with the holy father well i did go to a what's wedding yours <laughs> mine's not great <laughs> clearly i don't understand do you need to write that. a postcard i need to reconnect in some way right. do you d- need to get onto holy linkedin <laughs> keep the guys up on the paul and rach facebook page Rach, get ready for some beeping. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on the word struck? I <laughs> now this was said by Michael Lawler on the Four Corners interview. I just don't know that Four Corners is the appropriate place to talk about that word. Well, this is the whole thing. See, I am aware of the term. I don't know why I am always aware of these filthy, disgraceful terms that nobody's aware of. And I can swear like an absolute sailor in real life and often on this potty. I never do it on the internet. No. Never do it on the internet. There's I something d- a bit weird about that. I do the same thing. Anytime I tweet or Facebook, I always, even if I say shit, yeah. I put an asterisk yeah, in the or, shit. Or I'm an, I'm an FFS. But I don't know why. I just feel that if it's written down, it's forever. I know. I think to myself, oh, well, if somebody Googles me and they look at my Twitter feed, I mean, they could Google mm. and have a look at this podcast. I say shit about 98 <laughs> times every 40 minutes. You know, it's I don't know what I'm worried about. And also, I'm pretty sure that just putting an 
asterisk instead of an I. Everybody's aware of what... I'm not really covering it up. It's, it gives you about as much legal protection as people who say that uh, O.J. Simpson allegedly murdered Exactly, somebody. exactly. Like, allegedly why? gives you nothing. It's like, you know, covering up your private bits with your pinky finger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, don't look at me like that. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. News came out uh, in the last couple of days that Oprah Winfrey has spent $60 million buying 10% of Weight Watchers. Well, that's one way to lose weight. This is what I... the only guaranteed thing she's going to get. She's now going to pay poor people to lose it for her. Well, see, I wondered whether $60 million buying into the company was just cheaper than renewing your membership all the time. Yeah, correct. Because she's given it a couple of cracks. She has. She is the definition... Of the mellow yellow yo-yo. <laughs> yeah. In and out, up and down. Now, it seems, though, that she's now a little more comfortable with a shapelier figure because we haven't had a thin Oprah for a while, have no, we? No, not since the 80s. No. I just wonder if you're going to invest in a company like Weight Watchers, and stocks have gone up since she invested, so it's obviously a good sign, but it's a little like your fat personal trainer. Yes. You know, you've got to get a little practice what you preach about this. See, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the uh, Rachel Corbett School of Finance mm. where only thin people can invest <laughs> no. in these things. <laughs> because let's take it to a logical conclusion here. I don't know how to fly a plane. Can I buy stocks in the airline? You can buy stocks in hey, the airline. Hey, I'm just empowering you. I'm supporting <laughs> you here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't taking no piss. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Big event this week, Rach. We got a brand new Star Wars trailer, Star Wars poster, and the tickets went on sale and I bought them. Got a couple of extra tickets. Do you want to come? Uh, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me, because sometimes when when these films come out. They have a bit of a tendency to, to prequel these mm. days rather than go to the end. Now, we had for the first three Star Wars films. We're going we to the w- end. We're going 30 years after the Ewoks. So 30 years after Return of the Jedi when Han and Leia have had a kid. And the kid, I think, is trained by Luke to become a new generation of Jedi. This is really shit when explaining it. Who is coming back? We get the big three. We've got Luke, uh, Mark Hamill, not a hard get, let's be honest. I mean, uh, he'd be chuffed, wouldn't he? Carrie Fisher, who wasn't really in fighting shape. Is she Weight watching it up? Well, they might have got very wide lenses. <laughs> A lot of the budget went on Vaseline on the lens. Correct. And then they've got uh, Harrison Ford back. Was Hayden Christensen... Oh, what about that poop? <laughs> was he involved at some point? He was, he was he in was the He was in the first three. He was, he was Anakin Skywalker and shite. But I, I am worried that this cannot meet the hype. So I want to get a little bit of advice. As somebody who is, uh, dare I say... Um, Uninformed? <laughs> unenthusiastic about yep. this, this moment in culture yes, yep. here. Mm-hmm. Which is, how do you temper... Excitement about the events, say the book that's coming out, the film that's coming out, the album of your favourite band that's coming out. How does Rachel Corbett tap the brakes? Usually I just don't go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. So I was on a plane uh, coming back from Melbs for the weekend after the I weekend love with Melbs. 2.0. I Melbs. love that you just Melbs. And Melbs. It's your thing now because you've gone f*** it. I've flown there way too many times. I'm not using the full name anymore. No, I can't be f***ed. I say it too often. I'm down there every fortnight or we're up and down every fortnight. I tell you this long distance thing is a pain in the crack hole. Oh. Because oh, we're at that stage now where, you know, uh, 2.0. That's a good sound. <laughs> 
That's a really good sound. Seriously, yeah. no. if he if he hears nothing else from this podcast, we're at a stage when. <laughs> uh, it's fine. He stopped listening. I feel like I can get away with things now. Oh, well, why? Why did he put it down? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I tell him most of these stories anyway, so he doesn't need to hear them twice. But a girl- oh, it doesn't want to hear my stories though. <laughs> no. well, f- you, pal. I spoke to him. Well, I spoke to a friend of mine who was in a long distance relationship for about three or four years before uh, she moved in with her partner. And she said, We used to get to the point where we were probably about four days out from seeing each other. We might not have seen each other for two or three weeks. And I used to just say to her, Let's just text, you know, let's just text until we see each other. Because, and I thought at that stage, oh, that's a bit sad. But I understand where she's coming from because. There are only so many times a week, P. Murray, when all you've got is the phone that you can have a deep and meaningful. Yeah, also, absolutely correct. But also, you don't want to deep and meaningful the thing to death. And the truth about any relationship, be it, you know, and uh, touching on the inside one, mm. or be it friendship, is that it's based off familiarity. Yeah. So what So what do you do? You you up, the thing is, you're updating your day every day, but it gets to the stage where that's then at the, that point where that's all you've got to talk about. It's how did you, how'd you go, what did you do today? And if you get to the point you've had that conversation, a million times, you start to think, you know what? Let's just text this one in. Yeah. Until well, first we things see. first. Welcome to marriage. Yeah. But secondly, <laughs> it's. I mean, this is the, the, the truth about the person that you are going to hang out with for the rest of your life is. There's nothing left to know about each other mm. in, the, in that there's no backstory, okay? So it's like, so, so SK and I have been together for 20 years, right? Mm. So everything we've experienced together, we've experienced together. Mm. Everything before was when I was a child. Yeah. Right, okay? So, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I've done all the stories and all the rest of it. So this is the downside of... Uh, dare I say of love I mean yeah. t- today we're doing with it all we're doing religion we're doing love I actually think I found a way to fix that problem though oh, is it lingerie <laughs> it's certainly not lingerie is it sending photos it's certainly not sending photos although I do present well oh yes <laughs> I realise that the one thing that has often served me quite poorly in my friendships is my tendency to forget things. I will often hear stories from friends of mine and completely forget them. This comes very handy when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody and you have run out of those stories because I realize that I've gotten 2.0 to retell about four or five stories because I've just genuinely forgotten them. (laughs) So I just don't, I, you know, he brings Tell something Tell me how up. we met. <laughs> this is it. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. It's funny how you mentioned that, you know, forgetting things is a uh, key to keeping friendships alive. Keeps it fresh. Mine is, is uh, unintentional lying. Unintentional oh. lying. But I'm, I'm a supportive liar, I okay. believe. I believe that lying is, is, is about either not hurting people's feelings. It's the WD-40 that keeps the wheels of life moving mm. at times. Mm. Perfect example of it is if I haven't read a book or I have absolutely no idea about the uh, theory that they're discussing, I will simply agree furiously with what they're saying. I'm right on board with this. I'm, and it yeah, is, yeah, no, abs- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Abs- oh, of course. It's going to get me in strife one day. I just know I'm going to do it on telly yeah. one time. I remember Tell I was, me about it. I live out there this, on the ice. This, this, and, this, and there has been one or two times when somebody said, 
What do you mean about... <laughs> and here is the thing that I learned backstage at the Today Show with a couple of people. I won't mention the names, but one of the people before we went on set mentioned a book and I did exactly that. I said, oh, yes, of course. He, he mentioned a, you know something that was apparently well-known within the book and I was like, oh, yes, of course. And this other woman said to this guy, what is that? What are you talking about? Now, what I realised at this moment... That woman is a very smart woman and she didn't mind looking like a chump. Ah. And I had gone in and I had gone, oh, yes, of course I understand what you're talking about. But the smart people never mind admitting when they don't know something. And unfortunately, then you're stuck in that middle situation where if somebody's talked about something, you've been the chump that's pretended to know it. Somebody's actually called that person on it. Then you're expected to throw in a bit from the sideline to show what you know about said topic. But if you remain entirely silent, you yeah. give yourself away. See, this is my thing. My only superpower is the ability to, at the very last minute, quick brain go. Google and find something to throw Yeah, that generally will save a little bit of the day, mm. a little bit of the day. But it is it sort of goes to that wider feeling where you feel that everyone else is reading a lot more than you are, is oh, a lot yeah. more across things. And I'll be very straight up. I don't read that much, okay? I'm, I'm a great watcher of documentaries, listening to, to um, factual potties, all the rest of it, reading a lot on the, the internet mags and all of that. Um, I'm slightly overcompensating. But... <laughs> So it's like that thing when people go, oh, isn't it great when you go on holidays? Oh, all you need is just a good book and somewhere to sit. And I'm thinking, no, I prefer a cigar, a poker machine and a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. So I was flying back from Melbs the other day. What were you wearing? Oh, something comfortable. Oh, take me through every little detail. <laughs> no. no, what I... was the stitching like? <laughs> I was getting onto the plane, and I noticed that we'd been stopped at the mobile stairs. And I was, oh, what's the holdup? Anyway, I realised that there was a woman uh, in a an embarrassing situation, which is she was at that unhelpfully fat stage. Yes, fatty fall down. Fatty fall down, where she had to get that mobile uh, elevator. What? She essentially needed a forklift to get on. That's exactly what it is. It's a forklift with a sort of shelter, so it makes it feel like you're in an elevator, but you're really in a forklift. They made her go through the back door? No, they brought, they wheeled the forklift out, so they mobile stairs it out to the mobile stairs, and then you get in the forklift with somebody who has to take you up for safety, (laughs) and you have to strap in in a belt, and then the forklift goes up and you get let out. But at the same time, I don't know whether if she was too big and everybody, if we all piled on, we'd break the stairs, but you, everybody else has to wait at the bottom of the stairs. Now, how is this person not boarded first? Isn't this your classic, like, surely this person goes first, goes through the front door, and then (laughs) sort of, you know, waddles down between the aisles? From what I could see, I think, and this credit to her, I think she had had the good sense to buy two seats. Oh, good girl. Because there wasn't anybody beside her and a friend of hers appeared to be sitting in the window seat. She was in the aisle and there wasn't anybody between. So I thought, kudos to her. Was there any sense of, 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 of travelling to or from a medical appointment? Or this is just like a fat person who's decided I'm going somewhere else? It, this was a fat person on the move. But the thing that you realise as somebody who is, you know, that overweight, I mean, that is difficult manoeuvring around. Well, yes. You know, you understand why you don't really want to get up 
up and go for a walk or go to the gym because if you need a forklift to get up a set of stairs. And I can't help but think, how do they wipe their bottom? This is it. I don't know what they do. With a rag on a stick, let's be honest. But the thing that happened when we were in the plane that I thought was... I don't know whether this is overly cruel. I don't know. I think we've already done that. <laughs> I, think I, we think, I think we've punched. I think we've punched this one as hard as we can. I think we have. So the lady got up, and I always feel like when the seatbelt sign turns off, it's always a bit of a race for who's going to get the clean toilet. And she was never going to win that. She won. Oh, what? She, well, she suddenly had motivation. She got up. And she was like the boulder at, at, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, just rolling. This was it. Squashing all in its path. She was up like a shot. She was waddling down the aisle. They, The lady actually had to hold the door open because she actually had to. <laughs> <laughs> she had to get herself in sideways oh, and then turn oh, herself around to get oh, herself in and then oh. had to sort of sideways herself out again. <laughs> I'm going to you're listening to Paul and Rach. You across a thing called Dr. Pimple Popper? No. This is something that I did not realise. Is it an was, app? Uh, well, it's an Instagram page, I believe. Oh, this, yuck. This is something I was unaware of until I was told the other day by some friends of mine that there is apparently a doctor somewhere where, who... Their job is essentially, I think they're a dermatologist or something, and they have oh. people come in and get blackheads and mm. pimples and things squeezed. And this person uploads these photos of the squeezing and the popping oh, to Instagram. Stop it! And there are people that watch it. I'm unsure. You know what? I'm going to Google this right now because I want to see how many people are wasting their life looking at this stuff. Let me have a look here. Oh, God, they have a YouTube channel. Of Doc- course they do. <laughs> Dr. Pimple Popper has a YouTube channel. 383,905 subscribers. I give up. I genuinely give up. This is it. This has finally broken me. As we've said before, there's garbage that runs at entertainment, but how are there 300,000 people who want to watch this? It's not a, it's not a cat video. No. I feel like I've gotten entertainment all wrong. You yes. Know, I feel like the fact that I sit down and think, oh, should I swear in my tweets? Should I say mm. this? Is this funny enough? Is this adding anything to the conversation? Well, so is it just me, or is sort of pimples a little bit like farts, in that your own are fine for yours, Mm -hmm. but anyone else's, no way. The only people that that extends to is loved ones. I don't know what it is. Are you a picker? Unbelievable. Do you love it? Like he's just half asleep and gets woken up by you going... We now have a system of bargaining. <laughs> Talk me through it. Where I'll usually, you know, because the the best areas are the back, the chest, and the the, the ears. If you've got piercings, P.S. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you squeeze your earlobe where the piercing is, even if it's shut, <laughs> <laughs> yes, things come out of that. I was oh. unaware of this, but I, can, I don't understand. What is it about Sheila's that like this? Like, you know, Merrick told, tells the story about his wife that she does it. I've told the story about SK that she mm. does it. Now, 2.0 tells the story that you do it. What is it? You are clean. Like, is, is it the chimpanzee in you? What the hell is it? Because I can't think of any part of me that while watching television says, you don't want to make this better? Cheese from a human being. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rachie. Yes. Breaking nude news. <laughs> Breaking nude news. 
Well, Playboy have decided they're getting rid of the cans. No more full nudes in the lads' mag. Uh, they are simply going to transition a little into a gentleman's magazine, a la your, uh, your Esquire. Perhaps there may be the odd photo-shooted bikini, but no more front and back bum. No more breasts. Nothing. They're, going, they're getting rid of full nude. They're getting rid of nude. They are transitioning, as I said, into this gentleman's magazine. The apparent reason is, um, you know, because there are certain markets like China and whatever that are obviously a little bit sensitive about the tit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they're thinking, oh, well, this is the way to get in. Larry Flint, the publisher of Hustler magazine, he has quite correctly said that Hugh Hefner has, quote, lost his mind. That It's nuts. Not everybody likes Turkish Delight. Yes. But did Turkish Delight say we're going to target those customers that don't like us? No, they just keep on making Turkish Delight. But this is the thing. But to give you an idea, though, of just how, you know, I mean, the, the obvious about the internet, but just how the mighty have fallen, in the 70s, five million people every month in America alone bought Playboy. Wow. Today... 750,000 people. No. 750,000, and they lose a million dollars a month <gasps> on the magazine. So Larry Flint, who was doing an interview on, um, on CNN, said, well, I'll tell you why he loses money. It's not because, you know, the internet, this, that, and the other. It's because he employs too many people. So he says, you know, there's about 40 people who make uh, Playboy each and every month. Hustler, seven. Wow. But, I mean, Hugh Hefner, move with the times, yeah. you know. If there is a bigger dinosaur in the media industry, you will not find it. Living in an old, creepy mansion with a bunch of young girls, I mean, that is so done and dusted, Yeah, you know? the, the whole thing is, is that, look, I'm not going to lie. If somebody said, hey, you want to go to the Playboy Mansion, you'd probably think about it. But generally speaking, it is a metaphor for the business. Oh, yeah. It is a metaphor for, for times gone past. And you know what? Sometimes... The only thing crustier than Hugh Hefner is the grotto in the morning. <laughs> oh, yuck. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Oh, God. I must admit something. I've joined Snapchat. Oh, God. Another one. I haven't used it yet, but I... Is that the, that's the little white ghost one, right? Yeah. Okay. I, look, <laughs> a stripper in Vegas tried to get me to join. <laughs> Of course. We were having quite the conversation, and I just thought, mm, no. Okay, here is my reasoning for it. I'm much better visually in moving images than I am in still. Okay. What, as, as in attractive-wise? Yes. I'm not Stop a, it. No, no, no. I'm not terribly photogenic. Stop it. No, no, no. I'm not Every fishing. Every photo I have got of you from the neck down is just <laughs> wonderful. I'm not fishing here. I'm just better in moving than still. I also find it a little odd stopping for photographs, but I feel like just surveying the scene with a video, not yeah. always including myself. I'm not, I'm not a selfie person, so it's going to be rare that I'm going to be in it. But I had a look at a friend's Snapchat and they just had like 10 seconds of video of their feet in a spa and things. And I thought, oh, I could be a bit artistic with this. I, I don't know if I'm kidding myself here, though. Well, this is the thing. Is it a form of microblogging a la Twitter or is it a form of secret messaging that explodes so nobody can... What See I it? Because that's it, what I thought Snapchat was like a sexting thing. I don't. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws. No, I just, no. I'm glad that you're doing it. It's just I'm just now thinking. Oh, should I Snapchat? See, yeah, this is the you issue. Know, now have I got to be because this is the thing. I never. We've talked about this before. 
I never want to be the person completely confused by where the world is. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I should at least give it a go. But then, as with everything else, I mean, my Instagram, you probably do much better at, you know, you actually upload to your Instagram. I don't. The only issue, though, with the Snapchat beginning was, you know how I have, I don't know if I'm sure I've spoken about this on this podcast before, I have a Rachel Corbett somewhere in the world, I believe it's America, who apparently uses my email address for everything. Yes. I occasionally get her emails from Southwest University. Occasionally I get the receipts for her two large pizzas and a garlic bread night. <laughs> and when I feel like finding her and saying, don't do it to yourself, yeah, look after yourself. Uh, but th- things have gone a bit quiet lately. I've sent a few emails out to people that have emailed me saying, look, this is the wrong email address. Can you tell this person? But I put in my email address and it said this Snapchat already exists. Now, obviously, she's created a Snapchat account with my email address. Oh, so you can't get into you. No, I can because I own the email address, so I gave it a bit of a change to the password. Good girl. So I got an email, logged on. Didn't I, I did not have the technical proficiency to look at her profile because I didn't even know how to work the app, so I didn't see anything. All I saw was I had a lot of friends in there, none of whom I knew. Oh, fantastic. So I've just deleted her account. Oh, and then gone and started my own. So you have stolen her But it's identity. my email. Well, no, it's just a similar name. I don't know what's happening, but essentially I have stolen somebody's Snapchat account and deleted it. It's fine. Look, the fact that you're saying allegedly. Did I? You're no. legally fine. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. How many people do you think have clothing in the dry cleaning store that has never been picked up? Oh, I reckon 31.4%. I think that there are dry cleaners all over this country that are essentially just cupboard space Well, for yeah, people. But also, it's this thing where, uh, is it like the storage war thing that if you don't pick it up after X amount of time, they can sell it, resell it or wear it? This is what I don't know because I left my clothes in the dry cleaners for a fair, like a couple of months yeah. and I never got a call. I never got anything. They just happily kept it there until I turned up and said, I mean, really, there's always a lot of things on the rack. But the thing about dry cleaning that always sort of fascinates me, how the f- does it work? I don't understand either. I feel like it is the great scam of our time that they take your clothes in, put them through some smelly mist, mm. and then they come out the other side dry clean. Yeah, that's true. But I tell you what I want more than anything else what? is that I will gladly, and if you can tell me where I can buy one, you know, on the black market, <laughs> or you know, legally, wherever, mm. Mm. is I want that machine where you can put your, your shirts or whatever over, over it. It's like a mannequin, and then you push a button and it goes... Steam? No, and they just they just iron. It's like air and iron and steam, whatever, and then bang, completely done. Oh, see, I, I want that in my life. I really want a steamer, but I feel like it's the realm of the New York stylist, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel weird going down to... The little boutique where you just walk in there and there's that little sort of like... <laughs> This is it. I feel like a chump, but instead, you so instead you end up doing the poor man's version, which is for me. I fill up the iron and go. Yeah, I'm the genius. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Paul and Rach.
We have come to that time of the show where we say farewell, thank you, goodbye. Five-star shout-outs, we'll do them next <gasps> week, but keep them coming. Oh, yeah. Um, keep oh, no, them we, coming. Are, we would do them, but we, but Paulie's got to go to personal training. I do, and I bought three pornos. Oh, you did? I know. I must give you a big huzzah for that because... Um, uh, you love me, and that's really I do special. love you, and that is... Do you, know do, what? do you really love me? I do. I do love you very much. Why? I do, <laughs> Tell me why. Because we've just... You know, it's just that sort of ingrained love now. Oh, well... You so, know, it's more what, so habit. It's like a love of the color orange. Like yeah, you can't explain it. You just do. Yeah, it just it's not, it's not it's not an active choice anymore. So much as it's a passive choice. It just happens. It's it's habitual. Uh, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> um, I want to give one quick five star shout out because we do say that uh, you know we do want to thank you very much for going to iTunes and and giving us a rating. It does help us very much. Um, so a big shout out to Eb nine 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 nine, who uh, the title of his was or hers was Flapjacks Akimbo. <laughs> Which, if you think about that, is a little concerning. He or she has said, love the show, guys, just like listening to the radio show without those annoying ads. Best podcast I've heard. Hey, Paulie, do you still have the old Commodore answer? Yes. I haven't heard about it lately. And, Rach, you should get on board with the random drives. Road trips are awesome. Anyway, keep up the good work. Yeah, it's currently sitting in the front yard with a broken fuel line. And uh, a bloke knocked on our door the other day very arrogantly. Bang, 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 bang. And, you know, there I am in my undies at 11 o'clock. And I think that's okay. <laughs> yep. Bang, 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 bang. Mate, uh, can you open the door so I can have a look at you? I what? Mean, um, okay, clunk, open. Mate, uh, are you thinking about selling the Commodore? said, oh. no, not particularly. Well, mate, uh, if you do, um, give me a call later in the day. And just shoved his number in my hand. And I was like, okay, here's what happens. When you are trying to convince somebody to sell something, they have no plans of doing so. Mm. Knock very politely <laughs> and say, hi, look, I know this is a bit weird. Yeah. But I was just wondering if I could buy this thing off you that you weren't planning on selling. <laughs> exactly. Bang, bang, bang. Mate, can I have a look at you? I also noticed as I walked in the front of the house, controversial choice with the, the car and the drive to leave the window open. And around trees. Well, spiders. Yeah, that's true, but they have to get rid of the smoking smell. Oh, yeah, I see. You know, we had a spider in the car the other day before a road trip. Oh, I mean, who handled that well? Who do you reckon? Not me. <laughs> I wasn't anywhere near it. All so, right. So this is Rachel's story time where we take a story from Picture Magazine. We change the dirty words to a safe word, which this week I think should be Snapchat. Yes, and little Lash is sitting here listening. It's your first porno. Oh, that sounds terrible. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Today's story is called Band of Brothers. I'd been going out with this guy for a couple of months and he was just what I wanted. Tall, clean-cut, handsome, big puppy dog eyes and a big... Solid Snapchat to play with. This is very disconcerting. You are reading this to a baby. To your child. It's a baby. <laughs> I love that you've got the microphone on her on her mouth instead of yours. Well, I'm waiting for her reaction. <laughs> oh, well, you know, a proud parent must record everything. She looks like she's about to cry. Including Rachel's first story time. What do you think? Are you going to cry? No. Uh, the only problem was that I was used to mucking around with a lot of guys and just sticking to him was giving me a bad case of the itchy pants. <laughs> oh, wow. This is not where is the green sheep, is it? <laughs> if only there was another one of him, I found myself thinking... It turned out there was. One day I turned up all horny and hot and bothered, ready for one of our massive Snapchat sessions, and I nearly fell over when I entered his flat. There was this other guy who was almost the clone of my fella. Could they just pretend to write the mildly believable? This is rubbish. It was his younger brother. Oh, it gets more no, rubbish. No, it wasn't. And the resemblance was uncanny. If anything, the younger one was just that bit more innocent and soulful oh, looking. Of course he was. Oh, they've of got some chicks was. on the writing of these now. 
I immediately started plotting how to get them both to Snapchat me. To be honest, I don't think you have to plot that hard. So we cracked a few wines and I flirted like hell with the brother Brian every time my bloke Jason was out of the room and vice versa. So pretty soon they were both turned on as hell. I could tell by the bulges in their pants. When I figured the time was right, I lay down on the couch with my head in Brian's lap and my toes rubbing Jason's Snapchat through his pants. Oh, baby is what do you here. think of this, Ash? I knew by the dopey look on Jason's face that his Snapchat was getting ready to Snapchat. So when I unzipped Brian's pants and started Snapchatting his Snapchat, there was no argument from either of them. <laughs> How could these blokes are brothers? This is weird. They spent the ar- Arvo oh, Snapchatting me on the couch, and I was in heaven when I was Snapchatted between their two Snap. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was a protest microphone throw by little Asher. You know what, Ash? You're right. Let's not even finish this. See you next week. Um, You're listening to Paul and Rach.